Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's time to talk politics. It's Hardline on News Radio 930 WBEN. And welcome to the second hour of Hardline. This is Kevin Hardwick. Uh, we open up this hour with a call out to our good friend, the Erie County Conservative Chairman, Ralph Larigo. Ralph, welcome to the program. Thank you, Kevin. Hey, um, before we get into talking about New York 27, which is why uh, I wanted to initially bring you on here, I wondered if, uh, given the passing of uh, United States Senator John McCain, you had any uh, any thoughts you wanted to share? Well, McCain obviously was a stellar individual for uh, the United States government. He was a war hero. He um, certainly was an independent voice and a voice of what he believed in. So everyone will miss John McCain. Sure. Uh, let's let's move on and talk about uh, New York 27, the Collins congressional seat. Nate McMurray, uh, of course, is a Democrat candidate. He's out there. Uh, barnstorming, uh, hoping that uh, that he wins the lottery uh, this uh, this year. There's been a lot of focus on the eight Republican chairs and their interviews and repla- getting Collins off the ballot and getting one of the other uh, names that's been mentioned on the ballot. Um, it occurs to me that uh, Collins is not only a Republican candidate, he's also the conservative candidate. I believe he's also the Independence Party candidate and I think probably the Reform Party candidate. Uh, are there, as as Erie County conservative chair, uh, assuming that Collins somehow gets off the ballot, what is, you know, where you have conservative party chairs, don't you, who also have a say in this? Well, that's exactly true. Our process is somewhat different than um, both the major parties. Uh, in the major parties, it's a, a weighted vote situation. So the people in the jurisdiction or the district where a candidate runs, the committee people um, have a weighted vote. In the conservative party, the only endorsing uh, mechanisms are the state party or the county party. We don't have weighted vote. So this um, nomination would come from our state committee, which I'm a uh, state vice chairman and I'm on the executive board. I've had a number of conversations with Mike Long, and I've also had a number of conversations with our other county leaders in these eight counties regarding the situation. So while it isn't exactly the same, it's not the same process um, in terms of how our party will work, it's essentially going to be a consensus on who the candidate is. Uh, but in a case like this, we will look um, to, to make sure that the Republicans pick a conservative Republican for this district, and I'm sure we will partner with them in that election. Do you think any of the names that have been floated uh, on the Republican side would not be acceptable to the uh, conservative committee? No, I don't. I, I believe that every single name that has been floated would be acceptable. This is... Um, a very strong conservative Republican district. And so long as um, a person goes with those values, goes to support the Trump agenda, 
um, I'm sure we'll partner with the Republicans. We're, we're talking this morning to Ralph Larigo. Ralph is the Erie County Conservative Party chairman. Ralph, so it's it's pretty much inconceivable that whoever the Republicans pick uh, will not be the same candidate as, as the conservatives. I mean, you're going to agree on this. Do you think the same thing would be true of the other minor parties? I do. Given given this, I mean, how much, uh, you, you know, you don't have to reveal any state secrets, but I got to believe that uh, you are probably a little bit more in the loop than, than many of us um, because, you know, you're going to have to approve their candidate, too, if they want this guy to get elected or woman to get elected, whoever they pick. Um, are, you know, are, are is there some coordination going on between the uh, uh, the uh, parties here? Yes, there's there's a constant communication. I, as I said, I've had a number of uh, calls with our state chairman, Mike Long. I've had a number of calls with uh, Nick Langworthy, the Republican chair, and a number of calls with our own conservative chairs throughout the eight counties. And so I've been involved in the process. I've talked to a number of the candidates, um, and we are continued uh, kept informed. You, you know, I left a, uh, a a week ago tomorrow for my vacation in the Adirondacks in Old Forge, and this second hour of the program, I had already had Bob Confer booked for the first hour. The second hour was going to be interviewing the Republican candidate, because I talked to Nate McMurray a couple weeks ago on this program, and I figured, well, by now the Republicans would have a candidate, and I would interview them. Uh, lo and behold, uh, you know, I'm, I'm scrambling to put together a show when I return from vacation. Can you give me some insight into what happened? Why is it taking so long? Well, because they want to make sure they have it right. Look, to me, this is about choice. This is about um, the people in the 27th having a choice. When a candidate decides they're not going to run, that's a candidate's um, right to make that decision. But there certainly should be a choice, and New York State provides that ballot choice. So while the Democrats want to argue that um, the Republicans and the conservatives and the Reform Party shouldn't have the right to place another candidate on the ballot, the state law clearly says otherwise. Our state law is clearly about access to the ballot and choice, um, in this case, for the residents of the 27th District. Do you, from, again, I... I not asking you to reveal any reveal any state secrets, but is the delay more a function of picking the right candidate to replace Collins or getting Collins off the ballot, finding a a safe landing spot, if you will, some other office to run for? Well, I think it is more at this juncture. I think it's a lot about making sure that they follow the state law. Look, in, in getting them off the ballot. Okay, correct. Okay, state law provides, excuse me, our state law provides a number of ways access to the ballot. The first way that most people recognize is political parties nominate a candidate. The parties carry petitions and that person. Mm -hmm. But the second way is if someone's not happy with their party's nominee, they have the right also to primary, to petition again, get 5% of signatures and be on the ballot and have a primary. But there's a third way. There's an opportunity to ballot. So if you're not a member of the party, but you want to run on that party's line, you can carry petitions again, get 5% of signatures, and open up the line for a write-in called an opportunity to ballot. And there's a fourth way. If, in fact, none of those is what you want, you can start your own line. You can create your own line, and you can again petition for a brand-new line, get 5% of the signatures, and have your own line 
and then have access to the ballot. So New York, New York State um, election law provides access to the ballot. And then it goes on to say that if, in fact, someone dies or resigns office in a time frame, within five days of the last day to file petitions and up to a certain number of days before the election, in this case, September 20th, if there's a death or resignation in that time frame, then there's another process. And that process under state law is very similar to the process we have for special elections. It goes back to party selection because there's no time for anything else. And that's where we're in right now. So, again, if there is a resignation or uh, uh, someone takes themselves off the ballot, as Collins is choosing to do, then there's a process. And in this process, it requires two things. It requires an open seat, a seat that has to be open at this point in time, which today under the law would mean somebody vacating a seat or somebody dying, and then the candidate um, otherwise being qualified for that seat. So that's what they're really looking at for Collins. Is there another seat available, and is Collins otherwise qualified for it? So they've talked about the situation in Eden where a town clerk has resigned and an elected assessor has passed away, and whether or not that's a spot for Collins. Well, the fact is that there's a factual question there, and the factual question is, is Collins intending to go and move into Eden? But there is no factual question if, for example, a seat opens up in the town of Clarence. Mm -hmm. If a seat opens up in the town of Clarence and Collins then runs for that seat, there is no factual question. There's only the law that a seat has properly opened up, and secondly, that he's otherwise qualified. And so that's what I think they're going to be focused on. That's, in my opinion, the methodology. It's clearly legal under New York state law, and it's clearly there to give the residents of the 27th district a choice. Because the Democrats have told us they're going to sue regardless, right? You, you think, as, as, a, as an attorney who's been down this road before, that uh, someone who already represents Chris Collins, either in Clarence or the county legislature, state assembly or Senate, if they were to step down, that, uh, you know, it probably would pass muster with the courts a lot better than this Eden thing. And I, I don't want to put words in your mouth. No, clearly it would. Clearly there would be no issue of fact. There would only be an issue of law. And the issue of law would only be, did the seat properly open up and is Collins otherwise qualified? Only issues of law. There is no intent in the um, elections law, intent mm -hmm. to serve or intent to have to move. Those are factual issues. Two, two final questions, Ralph. We're up against a, a break. Uh, number one, who do you like out of the prospective candidates, number one? And number two, how long do you think this is going to take before the rest of us, you know, see the, see the end game here? Well, uh, we're obviously losing time frame because now there's maybe 75 or so days left to the election. So the selection has to be made fairly quickly because the person needs to be able to prove to the residents of the 27th district that they are, they are um, like-minded. They will carry on the agenda that the 27th district residents want. So I think the selection has to be quick. And I think you'll find within this next week that a spot is found for Collins and the transfer is made. So you're saying within the next week? I would think so. So I should keep keep a, a a an opening on next week's show for the Republican candidate. 
I think once they solidify for where mm-hmm. this moves, um, I think the candidates right. select fairly quickly. Ralph, thank you very much for your time on this Sunday morning. Have a, uh, have a nice rest of the day. Thank you. No problem. Thanks. Bye, Kevin. That was, uh, that was Ralph Larigo, chairman of the Erie County Conservative Committee. We're up against a break. When we return, we'll, uh, we'll uh, talk with some common people about, uh, about what's going on in this district and other things. Uh, uh, after the bottom of the hour break, we'll be hearing from Jimmy Veilkind of uh, Politico New York uh, on all things uh, state politics. In the meantime, I'm Kevin Hardwick. You're listening to Hardline on News Radio 930 WBEN. And and welcome back to Hardline. This is Kevin Hardwick. Uh, as I as I mentioned uh, last segment, the call with Ralph Larigo. This was supposed to be a segment when I went on vacation that was going to be filled by the Republican candidate for New York twenty seven, the new Republican candidate, the one that they chose to replace Chris Collins. Obviously, I got back from vacation and and I'm scrambling to put together a show. Uh, so I I thank Ralph Larigo for giving us his insights. Also, I wanted to kick around a few issues uh, with some common people, and there are no more common people that I know than my good friends from the city of Tonawanda. Susan Gregg, who is my uh, legislative aide, and Bob Gregg, her husband, who uh, also claims to be an artist. And during the break, uh, uh, Bob corrected me. on He's also a Reform Party member. When I talked about uh, Chris Collins probably being the independents and the conservative and also the Reform Party member, Bob, what did you, what did you tell me? Well, I, we, we do have a candidate. That's okay. right. And he's, he's running ads on this station, in fact, or was running ads before my vacation. Exactly. And soon to be, I'm soon to be a state committee man for the Reform in Party. In the Reform Party. Well, I am, yeah. I am honored to be in your presence. Listen. Thank you. Um, let's, before we go on, uh, uh, of course, the news broke uh, overnight about John McCain's passing. You know, I, I, I was saddened by this because uh, he was one of my political heroes. And hero, don't you think hero is a word that's overused? I mean, if everybody's a hero, no one's a hero. Um, I've, you know, I've, there are a lot of nice people, but not everybody is a hero. He was truly a hero. I mean, this is a guy that, uh, you know, uh, could have gotten out of the Vietnam War. He didn't. He chose to go. Uh, he was a naval aviator. He got shot down. Uh, he was captured. Uh, he had the chance because he had a couple of admirals, his father and grandfather. They could have uh, released him early. He chose not to. He refused to be released before the people who had been captured about the same time he had. Uh, and uh, that, that resulted in more years of beatings and torture and, and, and confinement. Uh, and then he comes back and he has a distinguished career. Not everybody agrees with every decision he made in the uh, in the Congress, but um, but we, you know we're certainly saddened by his passing. Yeah. Let's move on to uh, New York twenty seven. Um, Sue, uh, you know we're we're you're down there at the county office building, or I'm sorry, at the county hall, uh, and everybody's talking about this. And um, I asked you a few weeks ago, what's the buzz? And you told me that uh, that uh, there was a scenario where it might involve three candidates. And this is before any of the meetings at Batavia Downs or anything. And you said, what if Ransonoffer takes it and Ed Rath resigns uh, and uh, and uh, uh, Collins becomes runs for county legislature, Rath runs for Senate, and uh, Senator Ransonoffer runs for Congress? And the more I thought about that, the more that that makes sense. And given what Ralph Larigo has told us now about, you know, 
Eden and other mm-hmm. places maybe not being, you know, as as good. You'd want some place where Collins can actually say, I live there now. It's not a question of I'm moving. I mean, uh, is that because you, what, what, how did you come up with that? Because you have some special power? <laughs> yes, I have special powers. And um, just looking at the big picture, what everybody was talking about, it had to be a seat that Collins could take. Yeah. And um, this was before the Eden scenario came out. And I just thought it stands to reason. Legislator Rath represents Clarence. Clarence is right there. And Edna, what's his name? Chris is in Clarence. Sure. So I just thought it would be, Ed would make a wonderful congressman or senator. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if he were to run for something in Eden, and I guess Eden doesn't want him. I right. mean, that came out in the paper. But at someplace else, he wanted to move to Tanawanda or something. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it would be it would be a bit of a farce. You'd oh, have yeah. to rent a room or something from someone. Now, I know if it were the city of Tanawanda, Bob, there you do have a room available. Yes, you do. Otto no. the dog sleeps there. Yeah, uh, yes, yes, very comfortable <laughs> Otto's spot. Otto's pretty picky, though. <laughs> no, I agree. Uh, my, you know, I agree with my wife. Of course, I do. You better. Uh, um, but I, I, the scenario fits uh, very well. Uh, you know, but when you're talking with uh, political types around the county, some people are saying, well, if, if nothing happens, uh, Collins can win, even though he's not going to run or run a campaign. Some people say, oh, it doesn't have a chance. Uh, well, you well know, you're right. He suspended his campaign. He could right. pick it up again and run, and, and he'd have a good chance of winning. Well, I don't know what they're going to do. They're going to make uh, giant paper cutouts of Collins around the uh, district or something. I don't know what they're going to do. Well, we have to l- listen. Neil McManus is staring me down from the uh, news pod across the way. He's standing there with the uh, news headlines. We'll talk more about this after the break. I'm Kevin Hardwick. You're listening to Hardline on News Radio 930 WBEN. And welcome back to Hardline. This is Kevin Hardwick. For those of you keeping score at home, Scott Miller has slid into the producer uh, seat because Joe Beamer is uh, attending to the affairs of the Joe Beamer Radio Network, I suppose, and doing other things. I'm training. You're training. Okay, you're training. Okay, yeah, because you want the best people in your radio network. The best train the best. Best train the best. Anyway, uh, we open up this hour with a call out or a call in. Uh, from uh, Political New York's Albany Bureau Chief, Jimmy Vilkang. Jimmy, welcome to the program. Welcome back to the program. Happy to talk with you here but, again, Kevin. Been, been a long time since we talked. Let's let's just a little history here about your career. This is your life, Jimmy Vilkind. I mean, when, when we originally met, we're going back probably 10, 12 years, you were working for something called Politicker New York? Yeah, it was a uh, project of uh, a newspaper called the New York Observer, which at the time was owned by some guy uh, named Jared Kushner. Um, but I, I forget. No way. Hold it, hold it, hold it. That was, He's not in the newspaper business anymore. You, you worked, wait a minute, you worked for Jared Kushner? I worked for a paper owned by Jared Kushner. Oh, my God. I, the breaking news here. Then you went on to, uh, let me see, then you went on to what? A Times Union, right? The Albany Times Union, that's right. And uh, then you, uh, and now you're at Political, so you've gone from Politicker New York to Political New York. That's right. Next up will be Politicky. Politicky. (laughs) So we'll have to cycle through a couple more vowels there. Well, 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 listen, um, talk to me about the upcoming, you know, perhaps you've heard, we've got a lot going on here in River City with this New York 27 thing and whether Chris Collins is going to get off the ballot and who's going to replace him, that we're kind of neglecting. We're not paying enough attention to the statewide primaries coming up. And I know there are a lot of them for governor, for lieutenant governor, for attorney general. 
Um, which ones should we pay be paying close attention to? Which are the hottest ones in your estimation? Well, those two are a, a very good place to start uh, for for listeners who who may have been living under a rock or something. The uh, the governor of uh, state of New York, Andrew Cuomo, is seeking a third term. He's facing a Democratic primary challenge from Cynthia Nixon, uh, an actor best known for her work in Sex in the City. Uh, and it's one of a slew of challenges this year where you've sort of got the left wing of the Democratic Party, the progressives, uh, for lack of a better word, the, uh, you know, the Bernie Sanders wing of the party, going against the more moderate establishment centrist figures, uh, among them Andrew Cuomo. And so in that primary, Nixon and Cuomo, we see Nixon pushing Cuomo from the left. She wants to legalize marijuana. Uh, she wants to raise taxes and spend more money on school funding, spend more money on infrastructure. And she's criticized the governor for being reliant on big money donors, uh, as well as for the corruption charges and convictions that have sort of involved people within his administration, including Joe Prococo and Alan Cagliaros, who were implicated in a bid rigging scheme that involved Louis Simonelli and other executives of LP Simonelli, which built the big plant at Riverbend, the Solar City slash Panasonic slash Tesla slash SUNY Poly slash We the Taxpayers Own It plant at Riverbend. Jimmy, Jimmy, well, by the way, we're talking to Jimmy Veal, kind of uh, the Albany Bureau Chief of Political New York. Jimmy, uh, I was on vacation this past week and had a chance to catch up with my son who lives in Brooklyn, who works for John Oliver and Samantha B uh, in TV down there, and, and he's a Democrat. Um, and he's seriously considering voting for Nixon, not for any of those reasons. And, and, you know, he keeps up on everything, but just because he likes to ride the subway. I mean, could the MTA sink the sitting governor of New York? That's the big issue. So uh, for uh, unlike the uh, Niagara Frontier Transit Authority, um, which is running as, as best we can tell quite well, uh, New York's other subway system is, is not doing quite so well. So uh, the MTA has been plagued by delays. Uh, it's the product of years of deferred maintenance uh, that is finally caught up with the system. Uh, and so Governor Cuomo didn't really create this problem, but he certainly didn't address it head on. And certainly over the last seven years, he hasn't really taken uh, leadership until very recently regarding uh, the lifeblood of the state's most populous city. So Nixon has been criticizing Cuomo for that. She says she supports taxing the rich to invest more money in upgrading the subway. Uh, and then she's criticized Cuomo for focusing on aesthetics, things like uh, putting Wi-Fi at stations or making sure that uh, different things are, are um, painted in a certain way, uh, and that he's been wasting some money doing that. So it's a pretty potent message uh, for people like your, uh, your son and uh, for other downstaters who ride the trains daily to just have someone say, Cuomo broke the subways, I'll fix them. <laughs> well, and, and of course, you know, we'd like to think that we control things up here, but in, in terms of the Democratic Party, uh, and the Democratic primary, the Democrats, most of them are in New York City. Uh, and this, you know, this is a big issue. That's right. Uh, and, and, and you're right. So while in a general election, the electorate does sort of um, have more of a, a different swing. It's about 35 percent in, in the city, 30 percent in the suburbs and 40 percent upstate. Uh, the Democratic primary is, is skewed differently. And so what you've seen is not much of the candidates. Cynthia Nixon right. focusing her attention in the five boroughs. Governor Cuomo has been campaigning in the five boroughs in those downstate suburbs. Uh, and uh, it's yeah. shaping up to be a very interesting race. The polls don't show it to be that close. They show Cuomo with about a 30-point lead. Uh, I think that the polls are not capturing 
quite the energy that's on the ground. This is this is Nixon's claim, and I think she's got a good point uh, about it. So I think the race is going to be a little bit closer than that. We'll have to see what people. No, no, you're right. We're we're not seeing anything of uh, Cynthia Nixon up here. But I know that you've uh, seen a lot of her. In fact, there was a. Uh, a, a tweet that one of your colleagues put out. I think John Campbell put it out that uh, had, had was it a tweet or was it a Facebook post with you uh, uh, kind of sneaking up behind her to get a photo. You know, she was speaking at a uh, a church in Albany's Arbor Hill neighborhood, uh, and she was down uh, on the ground level uh, with about fifty people in front of her. And uh, I realized that there was light coming in from above uh, that would have gotten her blonde hair. And if I snuck up behind her on a stage, uh, I would get a pretty cool photograph. There is this. Uh, I don't know where you. Uh, I I can't direct our listeners where to find it on on the internet because I am not that tech savvy. But if you can stumble upon it, it is it is pretty good. And I think you've you've taken it in stride, have you not? Because it's hilarious. I I've been taking it in stride, even though I was caught crawling. You were caught crawling behind the candidate. It's kind of creepy in a way, but it's 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 funny, and and I can vouch for Jimmy's character. Uh, Jimmy, talk to me about the lieutenant governor's primary on the Democratic side. Uh, New or uh, Western New York has a favorite daughter in that, Kathy Hochul, of course. That's right, and. Uh... Team Cuomo is starting to worry about this. They've put a lot of energy into trying to attack Hochul's opponent, New York City Councilman Jumani Williams. Uh, he has a base down there. He's a black man. Uh, he is, as a person of color, they expect is going to drive and do well in predominantly black neighborhoods in uh, downstate. And this one is interesting because uh, Governor Cuomo views those same black voters who might be more inclined to vote for Jumani Williams over Cynthia Nixon as his base. Uh, mm-hmm. people who would be more inclined to vote for him over Cynthia Nixon. And so it's, it's, a, it's, it's sort of a catch-22. If uh, Cuomo's team drives up turnout in those neighborhoods, they do so at the benefit of the governor and possibly to the detriment of Lieutenant Governor Hochul. But if they let those neighborhoods lie, uh, then, then they, they risk uh, Nixon doing well. Um, among what one Cuomo advisor called the millennial voters, yeah. like uh, your son, who are you know usually white, um, new new to New York City, relatively new, um, perhaps more woke as the kids say, uh, and uh, more progressive and and in a place where they might be less inclined to uh, stay the course and more inclined to kind of shake things up. You know, around here we're talking a lot about Chris Collins getting off the ballot and and you know scenarios to somehow find a safe landing place for him, another office for him to run. The Democrats are saying, well, we'll sue, we'll sue, we'll sue. That's a that's a fraud. That's a farce. But when it comes to statewide politics, the Democrats may have some problems, especially if you have two different lieutenant governor candidates with Cuomo or Cynthia Nixon loses the primary, and you got to get her off that. Uh, uh, that uh, that working families party because she'd be the candidate there and would split the vote. They're trying to do something similar to what what Republicans are going to do with Chris Collins. Yes, that's exactly true. Uh, this is why uh, the election lawyers make more money than both you or I <laughs> together, and then some, and then some. Uh, Jimmy, I I want to thank you for taking time out of your morning to be with us. It was nice catching up with you. You know, if you're ever in Buffalo, you got to come to Canisius College. You're always welcome in my class. Uh, you know, you've been there before, and the kids uh, kids love you. Uh, obviously, when you come, I would open up with an introduction with that video of you sneaking up behind Cynthia Nixon. I mean, that goes without saying. Thank you. I promise I'll crawl into the class.
You'll call in the classroom and sneak in behind me. Thank you, Jimmy. Have a nice rest of your day. That was uh, Jimmy Vealkind, uh, Albany Bureau Chief of Political New York, joining us. Uh, we've got one more segment after the break. When we come back, uh, my good friends Bob and Susan Gregg will be here. We'll be kicking around some issues. We'd invite your phone calls. Uh, pretty much open lines. You want to talk about anything, uh, we're, we're here. 803-0930, the number to call. I'm Kevin Hardwick. You're listening to Hardline on News Radio 930 WBEN. And welcome back to Hardline. Kevin Hardwick here for one more segment with my uh, my good friends, uh, my my common people for the day, the voice of the people, Bob Gregg uh, and Susan Gregg from uh, City of Tonawanda, like me. Uh, we've got time to squeeze in a phone call or two if you want to give us a call at 803-0930. Uh, before we get to the phone calls, it is uh, that, that, that interview we just did with Jimmy Vielkind. I think highlights uh, a lot of what we've been missing. I mean, we've been focusing here on Chris Collins and getting him off the ballot and all that. Democrats are going to sue to keep him on the ballot. Yet the uh, the Democrats have a similar problem, and we were just talking about during the break, with uh, with their various candidates. And, and depending on how their primaries go in a couple weeks, um, they, may, they may be wanting to move some people around. And it just, I mean, Bob, does this just like blow your mind to I me mean, it's so confusing it is confusing and, and 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 when i was a chairman in the city of tonawanda we had a lot of a lot of things for going the republican on. party for the republican party at the time right and uh yes it does blow my mind that there's just so many variables and so many things going on just uh common folk like me it just uh you know, Those but that's nice. why we want the common folk like you and Susan here. And again, Susan, full disclosure, is my legislative aide down at the Erie County Legislature. As I tell people uh, many times, she does all the work I take all the credit for. Let's uh, try to squeeze in some phone calls. 803-0930, the number to call. Let's go to Frank in Niagara Falls. Frank, thank you for holding. Hello, Frank. Well, let's not go to Frank in Niagara Falls. Frank Frank disappeared. Let's uh, let's stay right here. Let's uh, you, you know an issue that uh, we haven't talked about. We've uh, we've talked a lot about uh, uh, Collins. Obviously, we've talked a lot about uh, uh, what's going on in the state. Uh, obviously, we paid homage to a, a great American hero, John McCain. Uh, we haven't talked about all these uh, rising calls uh, of public officials like Patrick Burke. Uh, my colleague in the Erie County Legislature, like Brian Higgins, my congressman, uh, for the resignation of uh, Bishop Malone. And I guess my question is to, you know, my friends Susan and Bob, Greg, um, should they be calling for the resignation? Is this, uh, should I be calling for the resignation? Well, Kevin, I, I, I'm, I'm not right now, obviously. Well, but mm-hmm. it's, a, it's, a, it's a, a very personal uh, call on uh, Mr. Burke's part and, and uh uh, he has all the right to say that. I mean, it obviously uh, uh, a, a uh, an important issue that we have to get to the bottom of, and uh, he has all the right to do that. You know, why not? We we have to get this problem solved for everybody, mm-hmm. not just Catholics. Yeah, but I don't know if the answer is asking for the bishop to to step down. I I, I guess I was on vacation this week. I guess Channel Seven did a report, and uh, Joe Beamer was telling me about it earlier. There were letters and everything, kind of. Uh, uh, tying the bishop to right. uh, to to a priest who uh, who was uh, who, who was in effect given given a pass, and I can see why others would jump to this. 
I, I, I guess I'm, I'm just wrestling now with my role as a county legislator. I mean, people elected me to represent them in the county legislature on county business. Uh, I can see uh, see uh, if if the need arises, if the district attorney isn't looking into these allocations allegations. I can see county legislators such as myself saying, hey, you ought to do that. I think right now the county or district attorney is doing their job. I'm just not sure I'm, I'm supposed to weigh in on you know, who's running the Catholic church. I just, and, and, and I'm not sure, I'm not saying that what Brian and Pat did was wrong. I'm just saying I'm wrestling with that now. And of course, Joe Beamer, who runs, of course, the Joe Beamer radio network here, wants to weigh in on this. I just have a quick comment. I think for what he is accused of doing and what it looks like he did do, you know, covered up a priest who had three accusations at the time against him. I think you have to take the church out of it and just look at the man. Yeah. And in that not, role, not consider, yeah. I don't think it's wrong for someone like the congressman to give his, as a Catholic, mm-hmm. give his opinion. And and I think I, I heard that Paul Snyder, a uh, local businessman, weighed in. Uh, as a as a member of the uh, of a church as a, a church it's official in, as a uh, in in the diaconate, um, I I can I don't have I, I guess any qualms about that because mm-hmm. if if a parish council president at uh, uh, my church uh, St Francis of Assisi in city of Tonawanda wants to weigh in, I, I I guess I'm quicker to say yeah that's okay than a public official, and that's not to say that I'm totally opposed to public officials weighing in. I just I'm back from vacation. I haven't seen the allegations. Um, and I haven't seen the defense from the bishop, so I'm not quite ready to make that leap just yet. Well, it's a good read, WKBW. Uh, it was posted on Thursday. I Anyone who has some free time, obviously go yeah. read it. Okay. let's. Uh, Frank from uh, Niagara Falls has, uh, has called back in. Let's go to Frank. Frank, uh, welcome to the program. Yeah, since it affects many of your listeners, I imagine they want to know where the candidates for Collins' seats stand on the uh, Republican Congress plan to cut Medicare, Medicaid, and Social Security, uh, a.k.a. the balanced budget amendment? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, uh, certainly it's something we will be asking them as as we go along. Thank you for bringing that up, Frank. Uh, appreciate that. Certainly we get the candidates here. We'll be asking them about that. You know, just uh, balanced budget amendment is something that uh, that that looks good on paper when you get into the details i think as frank is suggesting it may have some unintended consequences again that's something we'll have to wrestle with i know uh i'm uh, you know i'm at the point where i'm looking a few years down the road to social security and i don't want to uh you know i'm i mean that's part of my you know yeah. Retirement puzzle. I'm there already. You're there already. Well, Bob, uh, again, the, the the common man here uh, weighing uh, weighing in. Um, uh, Joe Beamer, you uh, you looking for Social Security? You you don't care about Social Security, do you? No, I am actually one for cutting you know, for uh, picking an age and just saying, hey, here's some money you you lost out, and the people above keep on feeding into it, keep on getting it because it is a broken system. By the time I hit 65, 70, whatever, I'm not. It's not going to be there I, for me. I, Joe, I wouldn't be so pessimistic. I mean, uh, it's been fixed before. It's been in trouble before. It's been fixed before. I guess I'm an eternal optimist. Well, but I, there are there are some tough choices. I mean, uh, one you, you know, uh, one choice involves. Uh, cutting current benefits. Uh, people like Bob, who's on it. People like me, who's uh, you know looking forward to a few years to well, benefit from it. I'm not going to be for that. Other things you could do, however, you could you could raise the retirement age. Currently, it's uh, right. 67. It was 65. They raised it to 67, uh, but they phased it in. I can retire at 66 and a half. 
Uh, my kids uh, have to retire at 67, but they could raise it to 68 or 70, and yeah. you know, probably That's like 10 years away, though, right, Kevin? Come on. Uh, well, anyway, but they could, they could, they could do that. The other thing they could do is uh, uh, raise the uh, raise the uh, amount that we contribute from our paychecks. Uh, they could also raise the cap. I the think cap. the cap is like 119,000 or 120,000. After that, you don't pay anything. I mean, most of us don't make uh, $120,000 a year, so we pay Social Security all year long. But uh, the Buffalo Bills, uh, who are going to be playing tonight and hopefully doing well, um, you know, they get one game check. They paid all their Social Security for the year. If you take off the cap, then the Bill Gateses of the world and, and the professional athletes and the people with the money will have to pay more. And, you know, that will should. not solve the entire problem, but that will help a little bit. Lots of tough decisions out there. Mm-hmm. Hey Joe, we we when I was your age at thirty, we said the same things about Social Security. Right, yeah. But look, you know, we're doing okay. Oh, I I I know my opinion will change with age. I'm just that's how I stand now at twenty nine. <laughs> All right, well, that uh, that'll have to be the last word, and it's only fitting. Joe Beamer of the Joe Beamer Radio Network have the last uh, word of the show. Uh, I want to thank all my guests today. I want to thank Joe for producing and Scott Miller for also producing uh, and Joe for training Scott and everything like that. Listen, we've got uh, next week we've got a special Labor Day show. I'm going to be joined by several members of Organized Labor here in the studio. Looking forward to that. In the meantime, I'm Kevin Hardwick. You've been listening to Hardline on News Radio 930 WBEN. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com.